he even kept a prostitute. Thus, he was destined to be carried away to hell by the order carriers of Yamaraj. But he was immediately rescued simply by a glimpse of the chanting of the holy name Narayana. Nadat param karma nibantha trintana mumakshadam tirtapadanu dirtanam na yadhuna karma sukhajyade vano rajasthamo bhyam kalilam tadavanyadha Next verse is the 46th verse. Therefore, one who desires freedom from material bondage should adopt the process of chanting and glorifying the name, fame, form and constants of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, at whose feet all the holy places stand. One cannot derive the proper benefit from other methods, such as pious atonement, speculative knowledge and meditation in mystic yoga. Because even after following such methods, one takes to fruity activities again, unable to control his mind, which is contaminated by the base qualities of nature, namely passion and ignorance. Purport by His Divinity Sisi, Pachyvata Samshila Prabhupada, It has actually been seen that even after achieving so-called perfection, many karmis, jnanis and yogis become attached to material activities again. Many so-called swamis and yogis give up material activities as false, jagan mithya, but after some time they nevertheless resume material activities by opening hospitals and schools or performing other activities for the benefit of the public. Sometimes they pra- participate in politics. Hare Krishna. Bala. Here sit the bit far. Sometimes they participate in politics, although still falsely declaring themselves sannyasis, members of the renounced order. The perfect conclusion, however, is that if one actually desires to get out of the material world, he must take to devotional service, which begins with Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnaho, chanting and hearing the glories of the Lord. The Krishna Consciousness Movement has actually proved this. In the Western countries, many young boys who were addicted to drugs, who had many other bad habits, which they could not give up, abandoned all those propensities and very seriously engaged in chanting the glories of the Lord as soon as they joined the Krishna Consciousness Movement. In other words, this process is the perfect method of atonement for actions performed in Rajaha and Tamaha, passion and ignorance. As stated in Srimad Bhagavatam 1.2.19 Sadarajastamo bhava kamalo bhadeshe cheta eter anavidham sitam satve prasitam As a result of Rajaha and Tamaha, one becomes increasingly lusty and greedy. But when one takes to the process of chanting and hearing, one comes to the platform of goodness and becomes happy. <laughs> <laughs>
as he advances in devotional service all his doubts are completely eradicated bhidyate hrudaye grandhi chidyate sarva samshaya thus the no of his desires for fruitive activities is cut to pieces om jnana tibrandhasya jnananjana shalakaya chakshur unmilitam yena tasmai shri gurave namaha shri chaitanya manobhishtam sthapitam yena bhutale स्वयं रूपकदाम्यम ददाति स्वपदांतिकम वंदेहम श्रीगुरो श्रीयुता पदगमलम श्रीगुरून वैष्णवांश्च श्रीरूपं सागरजातं सहगणरत्नाधानितं तत्सजीवं साद्वैतं सावधूतं परिजनसहितं कृष्णचैतन्यदेवं श्री राधाकृष्णपादगणलिता श्री विशाखा हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेश गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमोस्तुते तपकांजना गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी ऋषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा ृपाचैतन्यादाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधाधा
they made some advancement in the respective parts. So here, there is a significant point here. The importance of bhakti in comparison to other processes. And at the same time, we can see the glories of bhakti, especially chanting the holy names of the Lord. So here, contrasting between the essence of bhakti process, which is chanting at this point, and other processes like jnana, karma, yoga, etc. Now, if you look into other processes such as impersonalism, jnana, there is a serious problem in that process. The, the first problem is that how can you worship or meditate on something which doesn't have any name, any form, any qualities or any activities? First of all, can you think about something which doesn't have any of these attributes? If there is name, at least you can think about the name. If there is form, you can think about the form. Because mind needs all these attributes to meditate on something. For example, if I think about a person, let's think about Prabhupada. You all think about Prabhupada, immediately the form of Prabhupada will come to the mind. Maybe some pictures, some, maybe the deity that we have of Srila Prabhupada, or a movie clip of Srila Prabhupada, something will come to the mind. And when you hear Prabhupada, that is inducing other attributes of that person. So from name, form is coming, qualities are coming, because with love, devotees think about Srila Prabhupada, or Krishna, or other devotees. So the qualities are coming to our mind. And of course the activities. So it's a natural flow of the mind to go through these and this is very natural to the mind. That's why we have emotions. Because when these attributes come and since there is connection, naturally there is an eruption of emotions. However, if you tell, okay, there is no name, there is no form, there are no qualities, there are no activities. If you tell and you meditate on something like that, is it possible? No. Then now, yes, it's very difficult. Then now tell me one thing. One has to control one's own senses and mind, especially when there are so many provocations, based on this connection to this impersonal aspect of the Lord. How practical it is. Think about it. Krishna himself answered this question in the 12th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna asked very clearly, Shall I worship the Supreme Lord in your form? As Krishna or worship the impersonal Brahman, Krishna says, Klesho Adhikatara Stesham Avyakta Asakta Chedasam Avyaktam hi Gadir Dukham Dehavadhur Avapyate Krishna says, Klesha, Klesha, everyone knows the meaning of Klesha, difficult. And it is not normal difficulty, Adhikatara. Adhika means extra. Adhikatara means one more extra large. For them, it is not just great difficulty, greater difficulty. 
Avyakta asakta chayatasar Those who attach to avyakta The unmanifested Impersonal form of the Lord Then he says Avyaktam hi gedir dukkham So he uses the word dukkham Dukkham means It is painful <laughs> It is a miserable The process itself is miserable Right? Think about it <laughs> Krishna says dukkham he uses in Bhagavad Gita, where does he use the Dukkham? He words use the Dukkham. A very classic statement of Krishna in connection to this material world. Krishna uses the word Dukkham. Dukhalayam Achashiram. So, see, Krishna is using the word Dukkham in connection to this material existence. That means, you know, problems going through this in this world. Yes? Dukhalayam Achashiram. It's a house of miseries. And also in connection to the process of worshipping the impersonal Brahman. He uses the same word Dukkham. So he mentions why Ruvat explains the beautiful purport there. Because we are attached to form. We have a material form. So we are attached to form and, and immediately say forget about all form. Forget about all qualities, activities. It is very difficult. We are not used to it. So it is difficult to attain perfection through that path. However, if someone is trying to do that, then the progress is very difficult. And not only that, think about controlling the senses simply based on this. What is the essence of this kind of jnana process? What is the essential qualification one needs to have even to attempt the process of jnana? Who can tell us? Any idea? What is the qualification for Gyana? Yes, celibacy, but even before that. So even to have celibacy, even to maintain celibacy, one needs something. Yeah, but what one needs? Sense control. And to have sense and mind control, what one needs? Austerity. No, knowledge is required. Knowledge and even to gain knowledge, something else is required. Who can tell? Something is very essential. Yes? Yes, one has to be intelligent. Intelligence is essential in the process of jnana. Nothing can be replaced. Intelligence is required. So, if mind is deviating by intelligence, understanding chakra, one has to control the mind. So, this is the process of jnana and it is very difficult. Because intelligence, steady intelligence is very difficult, right? Eating prasadam is easy for us. Chanting and dancing is easy for us. With intelligence we have to control the mind, it can be very difficult. We have engagement, see the support that we have. If mind is disturbed, we don't need to immediately think about 100 verses of Bhagavad Gita. Yes, part of the verses we had to remember, we had to use the intelligence. But immediately we can engage our senses in some service to Krishna. We can pick up the bead bag and chant. See the facilities that we have. Whereas, simply by the strength of intelligence, how far one can control the mind? It is very difficult. And so, what happens? For the impersonalist preaching, if we give the Vedanta philosophy, they will not get a crowd. Right? People have to come. Generally, if we speak all philosophy, if you look at people, half will be sleeping. Here also that is true. 
early morning come and sit and if you only see philosophy, I'll half be dozing. So that's our condition. And now, even impersonalists, they want followers. They want followers. So they speak a little bit of philosophy. They also adopt to the bhakti techniques, but without any potency. How? They will also seek different pastimes. Since there is no real bhakti, to attract a crowd, they have to be good speakers. They have to be charismatic speakers. And there has to be violin in the background. <laughs> there has to be musical accompaniment so that, and nice singing, so that people will get captivated. People will come and say, Swamiji is speaking very good. Uh-huh. And that singing, so amazing. So this is how they captivate people. This is the only way they can get people. Because with the strength of bhakti or purity, it is not possible. And they are very scholarly too. They know, they can tell any stories. That's why Srila Prabhupada says, in Bhagavad Gita you can read, in the third chapter of course, that these Mayavadis, since they have no taste in their own process, which is confirmed by Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, so what do they do? They pick up Bhagavad and they want to narrate all the stories. To get some people, otherwise who will sit in front of them? Because you speak Upanishad, even normal, even intelligent people struggle to understand. And common people, if you start speaking, what will happen? Nothing will happen. So they, have, they need to tell all these different kind of stories without any potency, because there is no faith. People have no faith. They also have no faith. But it is only a sentimental, emotional experience that's about it. And it will not purify anyone. anyone. That's why Avaishnava Mukha Udgirnam Pudam Harikathamutam. What happens to that? Sravanam Naiva Kartavyam Sarpo Chushram Yathapaya. Sanadan Goswami quotes from Padmapurana. He says, Look, if you are hearing all these Leelas from Mayavadis, from non devotees, that is compared to Sarpo Chishtam. Yathapaya. Milk is the poison. The serpent has drank this milk and has left some poison in the milk. Looks good. If you drink what happens, one will die. Similarly, whatever devotion one has, everything will be gone by such kind of Bhagavad Shravan, such kind of hearing of Bhagavatam. I remember I was in India. One of my cousins, he told me, early morning I was chanting. Okay, I got up and 5, 5.30 I was chanting going on. Suddenly he called me. 6 o'clock, we have a TV show, you have to come. It is about Bhagavatam and it is so good. He was, he was a fan of this particular person, whatever Swami or Yogi Guru. He was such a big fan, he said, you know, you have to listen. Because you are also talking about Bhagavatam, this, that, okay, you have to listen. He pulled me and Swami started speaking. <laughs> and in, <laughs> I was thinking, when is Mayavad going to come? <laughs> that, that was the question. I was just waiting. When is it going to come? Wait for one minute, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. Immediately he started his Mayavad. What was that? Just like we have hand has five fingers, like that. Brahma, Shiva, Ganesh, Vishnu, Murugan, Kartike, all five, everyone is saying. Just like we have five fingers, everything is saying. So five minutes only started Mayavad. 
So they want to tell some stories and then on top of that give the mind. So this is the technique. And then bhajan and kirtan. That is also very captivating, very attractive. They get good singers to sing. Very captivating because there is no taste in the process. Nobody is attracted by personal philosophy and its presentation. So to attract, they bring bhakti process but without any content. Because without faith, if you speak these things, there is no effect. And it is so common in India. And I have seen again and again. And that's why Srila Prabhupada is very emphatic about this presentation. Because we need to give the real knowledge. Otherwise, it is just useless labor. In fact, uh, even in Bhagavad in the first canto, we can read, Naishkarmimapi achita bhagavarjitamna shobhate jnana malam niranjanam. This is instruction by Naradamani to Vyasadev. Naishkarmiyamapi. Even though one is getting out from all material activities and all fruity mentalities, as it, as it is mentioned here, from, by other processes. Naishkarmiyamapi achyuta bhava varjitam. If there is no Krishna consciousness, then nashobhate. That doesn't have it does not shine for or it will not endure further one has to come down to the material platform that's why if one is an impersonal swami or a yogi what happens to develop taste one has to do material philanthropic activities charitable schools hospitals this or that because the process in itself doesn't have any taste for us, for bhaktas, for the devotees, there is all taste in the process. If there is no taste for Bhagavan, go upstairs and have prasada. At least there is taste for prasada. As simple as that, it is so simple, bhakti. So one will have taste for at least one of the aspects of bhakti. So that is the significance of bhakti process. And at the same time, so to them it is mentioned here, one need to faith that okay, only one has to perform bhakti and the essence of bhakti is chanting Krishna's name. How about those who are attached to all the rituals? If you go to, still we see, Monday is puja, Tuesday go to that temple, Wednesday do the other thing, for, you know, Thursday do some fasting, Friday this is that, every day there is something. In the calendar, we can have a calendar, Monday till Sunday, what puja to perform. And if you go and tell them, no need to do all these kind of things, but you chant at your Is it easy? It's not easy. <laughs> they will not accept. <laughs> you tell, what are you speaking about? <laughs> we have been doing this for lifetimes. How can we stop this? So, it, it takes some faith to understand that bhakti is the process. So even devotees do struggle. In devotees, they think, if we don't worship our Kula Devata, what will happen to us? They will curse us. Now we are chanting, we are initiated, all good. But if we don't worship our Kula Devata, what will happen to the family? So it takes some faith to understand that chanting of Hare Krishna includes everything. We don't need to worry about this and that. 
we have to be very clear about this kind of things otherwise uh, the process is not perfect in terms of our practice the process is perfect but our practice is not perfect and as far as yogis are concerned they are doing for many lifetimes Srila Prabhupada was in Kumbhamela and devotees were there with Prabhupada and he saw young boys coming out of water from Ganges taking bath and coming out Prabhupada asked devotees do you know how old are they? devotees didn't know Prabhupada said they are at least 300 or 400 years old the yogi they are controlling their breath and performing this yoga for so many lifetimes but devotees are saying it is not required because the process is chanting Krishna's names and so these kind of processes are not required rather simply by taking up Krishna consciousness one can perfect so this is the instruction of Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita and all great teachers now here there is a mention about falling down right who will fall down those who adopt other processes they can fall down because of the influence of rajas and tamas because of the rajogun and tamogun one can fall down but devotees will not fall down devotees have hope who speaks this okay krishna speaks in bhagavad gita right where does krishna speak anyone remember which chapter Exactly, my devotees will not perish. Which chapter is this? Ninth chapter. Ninth chapter. My devotees will not perish. Similar statement, more graphically, Krishna makes in Srimad Bhagavatam in the 11th canto, in the 14th chapter, 18th verse, in the Uddhava Gita. But this time, he really wants to make us understand. <laughs> so, he comes to our level. He mentions, okay, the problems that we are actually going through. He says, Badhya manopi mat bhakto. Badhya manopi. Badhya mana. You know the meaning of Badhya mana, right? Badhya means one who is completely bound. Usually we say, my devotees are completely free, liberated. But here Krishna is making the statement, understanding our situation. He says, Badhya manopi. Even though my devotee is completely bound, by material attachment, by the want of material nature, by fruitive activities, one is bound. Badhya manopi mak bhakto vishayev achidendriyaha. Vishayev. Vishayev means by sense gratification. My devotee is attached to sense gratification. So the Krishna knows our situation, right? No doubt. Hmm? Then he mentioned achidendriyaha, not jidendriyaha. Now, we are not talking about Jitendriya. We are not talking about one who has controlled all the senses and mind. Has perfected. No, no, no. He is talking about a struggling devotee. Who is a struggling devotee? I am a struggling devotee. Not easy to control the mind and senses. Not very easy. So, Krishna says, less is Ajitendriya. But still, he says, Praya Pragatya Bhaktiya Indriyer Nabhi Goyate. He says, but still, if one performs bhakti seriously, even though there is attachment, no problem. Even the senses are not fully controlled, no problem. But do one thing, praya pragatya bhaktiya. But one has to seriously perform bhakti. Don't give up bhakti. Then 
interior nabhi kuvyate is a sense that you don't be able to pull us down completely krishna gives that assurance so krishna knows krishna knows our condition and he says you practice bhakti without deviation even though there are some problems with the mind and the senses does it matter perform bhakti and then rasti will take it krishna gives the assurance and this is exactly opposite to the statement here about other processes because even one may perform other processes still one can fall down so that's what is given here hare krishna okay. i read this purport it's a very very interesting purport abhibhuyate indicates falling down into the material world and being defeated by maya but even though one senses are not fully conquered one who has unflinching devotion for lord krishna does not run the risk of being separated from him the word praya pragatya bhaktiya indicates a person who has great devotion for krishna and not one who desires to commit sinful activities and chant hare krishna to avoid the reaction so it is talking about a bit of serious chanting not performing chanting and then doing sinful activities thinking the chanting is going to come back that's not going to work because of previous bad habits and immaturity even a sincere devotee may be harassed by lingering attraction to the bodily concept of life but his unflinching devotion for lord but his unflinching devotion for lord krishna for lord krishna will act shila vishwanath thakur gives the following two examples here is an example a great warrior may be struck by the weapon of his enemy but because of his courage and strength he is not killed or defeated he accepts the blow and goes on to victory so we had to be like warriors there can be problems but keep going similarly one may contract a serious disease but if he takes the proper medicine he is quickly cured see this is the point here also the impersonalism comes in the purport so if you take to the process and if you keep going ultimate victory is for the devotees and we need to understand so that's why we had to understand the importance of the essential process of bhakti which is chanting so we had to be serious about chanting i have heard many chanting workshops in this we understand that when it comes to chanting one has to make both external and internal arrangements for chanting of which the first thing is external arrangement external arrangement means to avoid a distractive external environment in chanting and for that now to be distracted we don't need anyone around us to be distracted what do we have for our distraction mobile phone so first thing in chanting is keep your mobile phone away if you want to improve your chanting that is the first step put in the if you are chanting at home leave it in another room and if you are coming in the temple room leave it in the car or in the ashram that is the first thing in chanting if you are serious about chanting that is the first step unless there is a specific service or a specific call what is expected then otherwise just keep it aside because that is enough to waste our time and to make us distracted. So this is the first step. And then if somebody is chatting, 
don't sit in the middle of the conversation and start chanting. What is speak about chanting and watching the television? As someone told, I get all my chanting done while watching the TV. So in that way I am doing all my chanting. This is not going to work, we have to understand. This external arrangement is the first thing, it is very important. And then external arrangement is allotting exact time when we are going to chant. I am not going to chant any time. Oh, I will chant sometime. No. Tomorrow's chanting begins today. Tonight you need to know when I am going to chant tomorrow. There has to be set time and set place in chanting. Then we understand the chanting will improve. Because if we have a set place and time and if we are not distracted, then we are clear what we are going to do. So we have to make arrangements for chanting. Otherwise, if you are doing whatever you want, then don't expect protection from Krishna. Then it become Bahu Janma Kariyani Shravanam Girtana. That's all. We chant every day morning, right? Chanting for many millions of lifetimes, but we are not getting the results. Even if you are chanting with, without proper mindset, one will not be able to come to the point of hearing what we are chanting. Forget about advanced stages of bhakti. Hmm? One cannot come to the platform of a proper sadhana bhakti where one can come to a proper stage of bhajana kriya. Forget about nishtha. Nishtha means steadiness and devotion service. Even one cannot do properly bhajana kriya under the shelter of the spiritual master in association with the devotees, chanting and doing other service. One cannot even come to that platform properly. So what to speak about steadiness in devotional service? Still one has to deal a lot with one's own anarthas because the anarthas are not going away because they are not putting endeavor in proper chanting. Can you see the danger? So one has to track one's own chanting. I will read a section <coughs> about this by Srila Prabhupada in his lecture in prayer on the same verses. 45 and 46. I'll come to that in a few minutes. But understand the importance of chanting, how seriously we have to track our chanting. If you want, one can track one's chanting, one can write down how was my chanting today, how many rounds I was attentive. One can write down, it is worth. Because we can see after a week, for most of us, pathetic condition, then it gives us some inspiration to chant properly. Or while chanting, we think, you know, I'm going to write down about my chanting. Again, I don't want to write, you know, it was horrible. Again, I don't want to write, you know, I hear any mantras. So one can track one's own chanting and it is very helpful. I track my chanting. I give a number attached to how was my chanting. It's very important so we can see how is my chanting. We can track our own chanting. So significant it is. So with that we can say, okay, there are problems in controlling the senses. The mind is going here and there, but still we are attending. Then that is praya, pragatya, bhaktiya. That is proper unflinching devotion. We are doing it, we are trying to do it. Okay, there can be failures, that's alright. But at least there is attempt to do that. And then, Prabhupada explained in the lecture, which was given 1971 in prayer, January 29th. Pretty close to this month, today's 23rd. Okay. So January 29th, prayer in 1971. So Prabhupada gave his lecture on this same verse 6245 and 46. 
what we what we have covered so far. And in that proverb says that by this process one can get rid of bad habits of rajas and tamas. Nayatpuna karmasa sajjata emano. One will not again fall down if one performs bhakti properly. And he mentions why we are worshipping the Lord in this verse it is mentioned. Tirthapada. Srila Prabhupada explains this quality of the Lord. Tirthapada. Tirthapada means in whose feet all holy tirthas, all the holy rivers are situated. Bala, do you know any holy river? One holy river. Do you know one holy river? Vrindavan is not here. Vrindavan is a holy river. What is the name? Ganga, not in Vrindavan. Yamuna. Yamuna, okay, got it. So we know some holy rivers. So all these holy rivers, Ganga, Yamuna, Cheva, Godavari, Sarasadi, Narmade, Kavari, all these holy rivers are present at the feet of Krishna. That's why in this verse it is mentioned Tirtha Pada. Krishna is Tirtha Pada. And Tirtha Pada also means all the devotees are situated at the feet of Krishna. And so by worshipping Krishna, what happens? We can get out from Rajogun and Tamagun. That is very helpful. And chanting is a great practice. Because Rajogun and Tamagun are pulling us when we are chanting. And it is very, very helpful. So now, Prabhupada talks about bad habits. He says, he talks about a few things. First, he starts thinking about overeating. He calls from Nectar of Instruction and he tells, Atyahar Prayasasya. He starts from overeating. He tells, if one is influenced by too much of Rajasa and Tamas, you are going to eat too much. <laughs> so Prabhupada starts from there and he becomes very instructive. And he says, what should be our effect of chanting? He says, so our, we should understand how we are making progress by chanting. Because the whole chapter was about chanting. So we had to take some practical measures to improve our chanting. That's why I spoke about chanting. Here in the same lecture, Prabhupada says, we should understand how we are making progress by chanting. You can, anyone can examine himself. Okay, hear this. Whether I am being attracted by these two qualities, namely Rajas Tamas, the passion, the mode of passion, the mode of ignorance. Tada Rajas Bhava. So, because the resultant action of chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra without offense in the mind is that the mind will not be attracted by these two material qualities. That is the test. So, this is the test. The Prabhupada is telling offenseless chanting. The Prabhupada is bringing to the point because he is mentioning about this particular chapter and we have to aim at offenseless chanting which starts from attentive chanting and for attentive chanting first we have to make an external circumstance and then we can make the internal circumstance for chanting. So there are steps to be taken to practically apply this chapter as it is mentioned here. Chanting the holy name of Narayana by Ajami. Faintly. We are given all the knowledge. We are given all the circumstances. And so we had to take proper advantage. Otherwise, what are we doing? I will mention one more point about chanting. And I will stop and I will move to the next topic. Which is also very important. So, I will 
read this verse by sanatan goswami he shares his realization about the holy name in brahat bhagavata amrita in the very beginning he chants this verse jayati jayati namananda roopam murare he says jayati jayati namananda roopam murare jayati jayati means all glories to all glories to all blissful form of the holy name of krishna namananda roopam murare murari namananda roopam all blissful form krishna's blissful form has appeared as krishna's name and then he says viramita nija dharma pujari yatnam what happens one viramita it is very significant to these two verses because viramita means anyone know the meaning of viramita viram any idea stop stopping retiring viramita one can stop this chanting really starts when one gives up other processes what is that nija dharma dhyana pujadi yatnam you know pujadi yatnam right had to do that puja had to do other puja astrologer told this that etc so many the big list is there so when one stops all those kind of things and then one can start seriously chanting krishna's name understanding importance so that is viramita nija dharma dhyana pujadi yatnam one can give up all his meditation as well not required then what katham api sagratam muktidam praninam yat even accidentally even if one chants one holy name of the lord sagratam muktidam praninam yat this can give mukti for living entities this is the only hope for the living entities and that's why we have harinam sankirtan that's why we have this situation because this chanting can give mukti that it can give liberation from material clutches even if somebody is not at all interested in spirituality but still by accidentally hearing krishna's names they get purified so that's why it's mentioned muktidam praninam yat for the living entities those who are not interested in spirituality at all even they can start their process by this process of chanting just by hearing this holy name that's a muktidam praninam yat and then he shares his own realization he says paramam amrutam ekam jeevanam bhushanam me he says this is paramam amrutam this is the ultimate nectar that is his realization about the holy name paramam amrutam ekam jeevanam this is my only life bhushanam this is my only treasure so this is the realization of sila sanatan goswami about chanting hari krishna mahamantra so we will uh, stop here the description about the holy name and the inefficacy of other processes now we will move to today which is a very important day because today is the appearance day of gopala bhatta goswami we don't have a lot of time so briefly i will narrate a few pastimes about gopala bhatta goswami as you know gopala bhatta goswami is one among the six goswamis who are the direct followers of shri chaitanya mahaprabhu 
who resided in Vrindavan, established temple and wrote many literatures for the benefit of the humanity. We chant, one day Rupa Sanatana, Rakhuyugo, Sijiva Gopalako. So there, Gopalakau. That is in dual. Gopalako. Two Gopalas. One is Gopala. Sorry. Bhatta Gopalako. So referring to Gopala, Bhatta Goswami. So this is referring to Gopala, Bhatta Goswami. Rakhuyugo, Gopala. Rakhuyugo is mentioned. One is Rakhunath Das and Rakhunath Bhatta. So this is Gopala, Bhatta Goswami who wrote very important books for Vaishnavas and established one of the most beautiful temples in Vrindavan, that is Radha Ramanji Temple. And he wrote the very important book which is even now used by the Vaishnavas which is Satriya Saradipika, the book about Vaishnava rituals. So now we will speak a bit about uh, Gopalamata Goswami who was born in Srirangam, his younger Kshetra, in South India. So he was born to Venkata Bhatta, as we might have heard. Venkata Bhatta is a descendant coming in the Ramanja Sampradaya, Sri Sampradaya. And he was a great devotee of Lakshmi Narayan, residing in Srirangam, he worshipped Lord Ranganath. And we know the pastime of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who visited Rangakshetra. As he was travelling throughout India propagating holy names of the Lord, he reached Rangakshetra, Sri Rangam. There he chanted and danced in front of Lord Rangala. Seeing that all the devotees there, they were amazed seeing this ecstatic expressions. They were wondering who is this great personality. They have never seen such ecstasy in anyone. They have never seen such sweet kirtan. They have never seen such sweet dancing. Venkatapata, a prominent personality in Srirangam, happened to see this chanting and dancing from a distance and he was drawn by the beautiful form and singing of Lord Chaitanya. He removed the crowd and he pushed through and somehow or other he went in front and he happened to see the beautiful form of Lord Chaitanya chanting and dancing. Think about that. This is the form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is the epitome of all beauty. He has beauty to its maximum, infinite amount of beauty. And Venkatapata is now seeing that <coughs> with his own eyes. Lord collapsed during the Kirtan out of ecstasy. So Venkatapata went and he approached the Lord. When he came to external consciousness, Venkatapata requested Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Oh Lord, kindly come to my place and accept Prasada. So Venkatapata invited Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya went to the house of Venkatapata. There, Venkatapata washed the feet of Lord Chaitanya, drank that water, that chanamra, that distributed among his family, and cooked a wonderful feast and offered to the Lord. Venkatapata, a great Brahmana, a great devotee, he was so fortunate to personally host Mahaprabhu. 
So Mahaprabhu was very pleased by the hospitality of Venkatabhata and his family. There, there was this young boy who was that Sri Gopala Bhatta. So Gopala Bhatta was assisting in serving Lord Chaitanya. Gopala Bhatta was very much drawn by the beauty and character of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then Chaturmasya was approaching. So Venkata Bhatta requested Lord Chaitanya for the four months when sannyasis don't travel because of the rainy season, please stay at my place and give me the opportunity to serve you. Lord Chaitanya, understanding the devotion of Venkatabhatta, accepted the invitation. He stayed there for four months. Can you imagine? Supreme Personality of Godhead coming to your home and staying there for four months. All the time with the Supreme Lord. So Venkatabhatta was so fortunate. So there, Gopalabhatta got the opportunity to serve the Lord personally, day in and day out. Then, Mahaprabhu was so pleased with Gopalabhatta that after eating, he would give his reverence, remnants, Mahaprasadam to Gopalabhatta and he would eat the Mahaprasadam. And then, there was this wonderful conversation that took place between Lord Chaitanya and Venkatabhatta about the ultimate aspect of bhakti. So joking, you will not get into the details of the conversation. But Lord Chaitanya asked, Who is supreme? Krishna or Lord Narayan? <laughs> so Venkatabhatta being an ardent devotee of Lakshmi Narayan, he said, you know, Narayan is supreme. Krishna is only an expansion. The ultimate truth is Narayana. Then Lord Chaitanya asked, so a long conversation, in essence. Then why Lakshmi Devi performed so much of austerities to obtain Krishna as her husband and to enjoy with Krishna? So if you go to Vrindavan, there is Srivan. Right? There is Srivan. Srivan, Lakshmi Devi performed austerities for a prolonged time to get Krishna as her husband. But even after so much of austerities, she couldn't get Krishna. So Venkatabhatta said, Oh, you are you know everything. You know everything. He told Lord Chaitanya, you know everything. You are Supreme Lord, I know you are Supreme, you know everything. Actually, there is nothing wrong for Lakshmi Devi to aspire for Krishna. Because ultimately, Krishna and Narayan, they are the same. Then Lord Chaitanya explained she couldn't attain Krishna even though she performed so much of austerities. Then Lord Krishna, sorry, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself explained that Siddhandasu Abhedevi Sri Chaitanya Krishna Suryupayoho Raso Krishyade Krishna Yubam Esha Rasasita. Siddhandasu Abhedevi. There is no difference in terms of philosophy conclusion. Both are Supreme Lord, Krishna and Narayana. But there is a difference. Rasa Ukrishyate Krishnaha. However, when it comes to Rasa, taste in devotion service, then Krishna is superior. So, according to the principles of Rasa Dattva, Krishna is principal. Otherwise, both are the same, no difference. Same personality, different mood, that's all. Yeah, he is Rasa Ras. So, in that way, Krishna is supreme. 
So Venkatapata accepted, even though everything, you are the Supreme Lord. And he accepted everything. And now, four months passed, and this is the time for him to leave Venkatapata. So that was a devastation for Venkatapata and his family. They were crying. So Gopalapata, he wanted to go with the Supreme Lord. He didn't want to leave because he got such an association of the Supreme Lord. The most beloved Lord is now leaving. First Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he blessed him. Don't worry. In time, you will join me. In time, you can come to Vrindavan. But now, you continue your stay here and you serve your parents and after the departure, you can join me. So in that way, Lord Chaitanya blessed and he left. And meanwhile, Gopalapata's uncle, Venkatapata's brother, Prabodhanda Saraswati, he was also a worshipper of Lakshmi Narayan. He also developed attraction for Radhan Krishna. And he became Srila Prabodhanda Saraswati Thakur. He, he went to Vrindavan. He wrote so many books, so many poems, glorifying Vrindavan Dham. And he glorified Vrindavan through so many beautiful, beautiful verses. So, Prabodhanda Saraswati became the spiritual master of Gopalapata. So, what happened in his childhood, Prabodhanda Saraswati trained Gopalapata in all the Shastras. And that's how Gopalapata became an expert in Shastra. So, later he came to be known as Smriti Acharya. One who is an Acharya of Smriti. All the Smriti, all the scriptures, all the Puranas all the Upapuranas, all those kind of things, Pancharatra, he became an expert. So he is known as Vrityacharya. So later, when Govanabhatta grew up and his parents left this world, he went to Vrindavan. There, he met with Srila Rupa Goswami and Sanadan Goswami. And they were in great joy to meet this young Govanabhatta. So Gopalapata was so dear to Rupa and Sanatan, so they treated as their own friend, their own younger brother. Such an affectionate dealings between Srila, Rupa Goswami, Sanatan Goswami and Gopalapata Goswami. And there are very wonderful pastimes of Gopalapata Goswami. A few pastimes I will mention here. So Gopalapata Goswami was uh, helping Rupa and Sanatan in worshipping their deities. So one day, there was a dream for Rupa Goswami and in that dream, Krishna himself told Rupa Goswami, now the time has come, Gopalapata has to worship his own deities. Similarly, the same time, Gopalapata Goswami had a dream. In that dream, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared and instructed Gopalapata Goswami, you go to Nepal, the Gantiki river is there. In the Gantiki river, you go and collect Saligram Shilas and start worshipping them. So since he was ordained by Rupa Sanatan and the Lord Chaitanya himself, he started his journey all the way to Nepal. And as you know, it's a very difficult journey all the way up there. And he went there, he went to the river and he had his Kamandalu, water pot. So he took, he took bath in the river, Gandhi, and with his water pot, he took water in the pot. He found that 
there were 12 saligram shilas in the water pot so he thought i am not really qualified to worship saligram shilas and this 12 is considered very special worshiping 12 saligram shilas is considered very 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 auspicious so here in our temple we have 12 saligram shilas so he saw this 12 saligram shilas and his commander and he thought i am not qualified to worshiping them so he felt very humble he left the shilas in the water and he took bath with the commander whenever he picks commander from the water he found there are 12 saligram shilas can you imagine so then he finally he understood yes this is the desire of the lord that i should worship this saligram shilas then he took them and started worshiping them so this is the devotion and humility of gopalakrishna goswami then there is a fast and he went to near haridwar there he met a brahmana and the 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 season was not good the temperature and the hot atmosphere was not at all favorable for travel that time he took shelter of a brahmana near haridwar uh, in uh, saharanpur so that time this uh, brahmana didn't have any children so gopalakrishna goswami he blessed this brahmana saying that you will get a son who will be a great devotee of the lord so this brahmana became very happy and he said that when uh, my first child grows up i will send him to you for your assistant to serve you when i have son when he is grown up i will send him to you so that he will be your assistant so gopalakrishna accepted and he left he continued his journey and he came to came back to vrindavan and he was worshiping the lord he continued to worshiping his saligram shila he used to have his saligram shila covered in a cloth and hung around his neck so wherever he would go he would have his saligram shila with him and one day a rich merchant gave lot of jewelry and fine clothes and told goswami please use these clothes and ornaments <coughs> for the worship of your lordships so gopalakrishna goswami started thinking i don't have a deity to decorate and cloth the lord i don't have a deity i have only saligram shila saligram shila they don't have hand bag etc manifested they have everything but they are not manifested we cannot offer clothes to saligram shila we don't our offering of clothes to saligram shila is where they sit down that is a cloth offering idambasra means where they sit down there is no other clothes so he started thinking and he had intense desire to have a deity so that he can worship them he can decorate them so with that thought gopalakrishna goswami slept and when he got up in the morning and it was the time for him to worship the saligram shila then his damodar shila now manifested himself into the form of a beautiful deity so saligram shila black stone grew up into the form of a beautiful deity he was surprised he was in ecstasy and he was thinking what happened how come the saligram shila has taken up the form of the deity of the form of krishna playing the flute the same form then 
he immediately informed Rupa and Sanatana. So they also came to see this deity and all the Goswamis and all of them came to see this deity and they were amazed to see this beautiful form of Krishna. And Rupa and Sanatana gave the name as Radha Ramanji. So that is the appearance of Radha Ramanji. And in Vrindavan, even till now, their appearance is celebrated, right? It's a big celebration that appearance day of Radha Ramanji. Very beautiful deity. Very small deity, but very beautiful. You can see the smiling face of Radha Ramanji, and you can even see the teeth, right? Small, small teeth. So, such a fine deity automatically manifested. So, in Guru. So, this is the devotion of Sri Gopala Bhatta Goswami. Now, I'll mention a few more points and conclude that one day Gopala Bhatta Goswami went to Yamuna to take bath, and when he came back, a young boy was sitting in front of his house, in front of his kutir. So Gopalapata Goswami asked, Who are you? So this boy said, Look, I am your servant. So Gopalapata Goswami said, How come you are my servant? He said, I am coming here from Haridwar, Saranpur. That's where my I was born by your blessings. So my, I am grown up now. So my father sent me unto you to be your servant. So Gopalapata Goswami was very, very happy. He accepted this boy and he became the pujari of Radha Ramanji. As is mentioned, he remained a brahmachari and entire life he worshipped Radha Ramanji. So that is a, that is a, uh, you know, we can see how uh, this brahmana kept his promise and uh, how this boy worshipped the Lord entire life. So his name was Gopinath Pujariji. So he worshipped the Lord for all his life. Now I briefly mentioned about his literary uh, contribution, which is very important. One, uh, Satriya Saradipika, which is a very important book for Vaishnavas because all the rituals that are performed among Vaishnavas, when a baby is born, there is Nama Karna, there is Jata Kriya, there is head shaving, there is all the ceremonies are there until Antiyashi from Gargothana till Antiyashi before conception of the child Gargothana samskara till Antiyashi all the <coughs> samskaras are mentioned in this book because it has to be performed according to Vaishnava standards not according to otherwise so all these reformatory ceremonies are mentioned by Gopalabhata Goswami in this book and along with that if we consider his philosophical contribution, we all know about Shad Sandarbhas. Who is the author of Shad Sandarbhas? Sila Jiva Goswami. However, Sila Jiva Goswami mentions about Gopalamata Goswami in Shad Sandarbha. He mentioned Dakshina Tyeka Brahmana. He mentioned from South India, there is a Brahmana from South India who is the very dear friend of Rupa and Sanatana, he actually compiled or he actually wrote the original Shad Sandarbhas. So Gopalapata Goswami originally wrote Shad Sandarbha, but it was incomplete. So Jiva Goswami, he completed it. Wherever it was missing, wherever it has to be supported by more evidences 
all those were given by jiva goswami but the original manuscript was written by gopalakanta goswami and that's why in sandarbha there are many mentions about the work from ramanuja acharya and his followers so when there are many Uh, pres- many uh, conclusions and present conclusions are presented and when they are supported he takes it from shri vaishnavas wherever there are supporting evidence as required he has taken from shri vaishnavas so in that way we can see the contribution of gobalakanta goswami in the writings of shat sandarbha so with this i conclude and i'll tell you a final passage about this mood how he blessed See Kaviraj Goswami, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami was now ready to write Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita under the instruction of Goswami, you know, like Rakhunadakata Goswami, and he he had his dream, and also he got the sanction of uh, 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 the Lord. Uh, we can we know how he went in front of uh, Madan Mohan Deity, and how he got the blessings. So he got all the blessings, and now he wanted the blessings of Gopalapatta Goswami. So he went and approached Gopalapatta Goswami, and Gopalapatta Goswami gave the blessings, but under one condition. The condition was that in Chaitanya Charitamrita, don't mention my name. <laughs> I can give you my blessings if you don't mention my name. That's why. Krishna Devaraj Goswami never mentioned about Gopalapatta Goswami in Chaitanya Jagannatha. Maybe once or two times they touched upon, but no past tense are mentioned. So this is the mood of Gopalapatta Goswami. He is humility of Gopalapatta Goswami. That's why we can see that Jiva Goswami mentions about him in uh, uh, in uh, Shatsandarpa and also. Uh, Hari Bhakti Vilas also, he attributed Hari Bhakti Vilas also to Gopalapatta Goswami out of love for him. So he said, this book is written by Sanadana Goswami wrote, this book is written by Gopalapatta Goswami. But everyone knows that okay, it's not written by Gopalapatta Goswami, but it is by Sanadana Goswami himself. So this is a loving connection and humility of this Goswami and here about Gopalapatta Goswami. So I conclude here. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Anyone has any one quick question? One or two, then we can answer. Yes. Hare Krishna Prabhupada. If we go to the Gandhaki, we will find Shaligrams. Of course. Even if you go now, there are Shaligrams in Gandhaki. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Okay. Hare Krishna Prabhupada. Thank you for the class. My question is so क्वेश्चन इज अजारेट बट he didn't go back right he had to perform more devotion service then only he went back why because bhagavad gita says right yam yam vaavismaran bhavam te jitende kalevara imagine whatever you think he had to go back there ajam didn't go back so that is because 
he chanted he had a faint form of chanting he didn't do any pure chanting he didn't call the lord rather he called his son so because of that it was so effective that he got liberated from all the sinful activities however he didn't get impersonal liberation because by the mercy of the lord he will not get impersonal liberation because now he has association of great devotees vishnu dutas so he got an opportunity to continue devotion service perfect and go back home back to god yes he got liberation from all the sinful activities by chanting narayana at the time of death but he got an additional opportunity not just to get liberation he was already liberated now but to practice bhakti and go to the abode of narayana why why because he got the association of the devotees make sense so that's why this is a great opportunity he was already liberated that chanting he was already liberated haridasaku says by nama pas one can get liberation that's what ajamla did by nama bhas one can get liberation but devotees are not after liberation devotees are after service to the lord that is only in the spiritual world okay thank you very much grandrashiva bhagavatam ki jai sila prabhupada ki